One year after lockdown, 100 families, one city. to start as if we've not started already we've already okay. started you know um, but like I said we're just here to have a little chat with you about the past year that you've had we met when we took our photos back in the day back when the hammer came down and uh, that was a special time but so much has happened since then that I'm sure is worth digging into and exploring a little bit you know um, that tiny little bit that I got to see here was wonderful. Just the two of you having your marshmallows, open fire, you know. Yeah, I wish you were here. <laughs> but um, of course, as, as Anna pointed out, there's so much that happens behind a, a photo that I didn't get to see, you know. Um, so I'd like to hear how the initial lockdown first affected you guys, both in your family life, in your professional life, um, let's talk about that at the start and we can then move through the year after that. Sounds okay. good. Good. <laughs> so let me know how, uh, how it went. So let's, let's pick March last year when the lockdown was announced and it was, it was happening where you couldn't go to the shops or everyone was buying, buying toilet paper. During that time, how was things at home? Well, for me, our lockdown actually started early because my work decided that we would shut shop early before it was announced. Um, it didn't really come as a surprise to me and it's um, a point of frustration and anger that it came as such a surprise to our, our government, especially in, in Westminster, um, because we'd seen what was happening in China, we'd seen what was happening closer to home in Italy um, and the borders were open, so it was almost inevitable that it would reach here. So in that respect, it wasn't a shock, but of course it was a shock, mm -hmm. if you know what mm -hmm. I mean. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we were prepared for it. I think we're always prepared for the zombie apocalypse because sure, we, sure. we're <laughs> because so indoctrinated we, by it. You know, like we, we know it's going to happen at some point. <laughs> because um, we've always bought in bulk. So, you know, <laughs> we had our who gives a crap 48 box of toilet paper in the house <laughs> <Right>. anyway. <laughs> and um, all our kind of whole grains and rice and pasta we, we buy in bulk as well. So we, oh. we, we weren't in any desperate hurry to go to the shops. Um, oh. So in that respect, we were strangely well prepared for, for everything shutting down all of a sudden. Um, I suppose the shock was not being able to see your family. Mm -hmm. And I think that was probably hard for... For everyone. So um, tell me a little bit about your family. Um, who is family? Yeah, so my parents, I'm very fortunate, are in Edinburgh and are actually walking distance. Right. So that was, I was lucky about that. But oh. my sister had recently moved to Oman with my brother-in-law and they were planning to come back and spend the summer with us. And it's now been over a year right. with no end in sight um, for them to come home. So they only, so when did they move to Oman? So they then? moved to Oman in February. Oh my goodness! Yes, hey? Yeah. And then and then things happened. Yeah, and then things happened, right. and um, Oman is still on the red list. Um, oh. It's there are no flights, and there's a curfew over there, so they're very limited in, in what they can do. Um, and the situation there is much worse than it is here as well. So I don't know when I'm going to see my sister and brother-in-law. Oh my goodness! Um, and do even if they could fly, 
there's the quarantine issue at both ends, so my brother-in-law would never be able to get that amount of time off work either. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So I don't know when oh, I'll see goodness. them. Do they have kids? They don't have kids, Right, no. right, right. I see, I see. Um, and your parents? Uh, were you able, well, probably by now you were able to see them. Yeah, now I was um, able to see them, but of course we haven't been able to hug them and, and that kind of thing. Uh -huh. um, and initially, in, in the initial lockdown, I was so used to, to spending a lot of time with them because they're local and sure. going round to their house for dinner or having them over here. Uh -huh. And that obviously became impossible for a while. And uh -huh. now it's been wonderful because I've been using this garden space yes, yes, um, yes. To, entertain my, to entertain my family and my friends. Right, wonderful, wonderful. So, yeah, so... Uh, that is something I personally struggle with, is the idea of having someone that you've had your whole life, close family member, you've known that person forever, and suddenly, even though you're in the same, sharing the same space outside, there's this caution, you know, and, and you know, it's, a res it's out of respect for each other that you don't hug each other, and that, that is tough, that is tough. Like, I mean, for me, it's a I can handle it, but I've, if I think about... My, my kids, my daughter, who is just an impulsive hugger of any person, doesn't matter if I know you or not, <laughs> that, that's hard, you know, like, uh, and, and I, but I see it, I see it being, becoming, uh, it, it's becoming the norm, this caution, even as a child that they have, because you always go, no, 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 um, maybe not, and, and, and there, there's, a, there's an, an element of sadness for me in that, you know, that, you can't just do this. Mm -hmm. You have to wait a little bit and see a little bit and, and check and make sure and probably not hug in the end. You know? Not now, anyway. So, so that's, that's, a, that's a sore little point. That is for, a sore me, point. You know? but, um, but then my mum and I would go for walks and we'd both hug a tree. So. <laughs> is that so? <laughs> do you hug the same tree from two sides, perhaps? We have that, done that as well, so absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, how about your son? How's he doing? My son did great, actually, and um, it's strange to admit it, but he actually thrived during the first lockdown. Okay. Um, he was really happy to be at home, and he was so excited because he's a little inventor, and he, lo he loves nothing more than taking things apart and fixing things. Uh -huh. He suddenly had all this time on his hands because he wasn't going to school, and, and initially the school wasn't supplying very much in the way of work either. Right. Um, so he he really thrived at just doing his own thing, his own projects, um, very much self-directed, and it was lovely. And I loved the leisurely breakfast. You know, there was no rush for anyone to get <laughs> oh. out of the house. That was something that was quite special, mm. and even just taking a, a break for lunch and sitting down having having lunch together, or sometimes even coming down to the garden uh -huh. you know obviously when when he was in school I, you know wouldn't I wouldn't see him for the best sure. part of the day sure so sure. that was something that I quite treasured and savored that's that wonderful. time it was really special it's it's it, it's it's wonderful to hear this because I hear this or a version of this at every person that I go to speak to everyone has a version of this the story and and yes it's it was special hey like um you know as a busy family what what you ought to be doing with each other, which is hang out. You know that, back in the back of your head. But then, life is busy. You need to kind of take care of that family in, in a way that requires you to be away from that family. You know? So this lockdown came around, and it feels like it, it, was almost, it was almost a gift. It's like, sorry, you are now required to stay with your family and hang out and do lunches that you wouldn't normally get to do. You know? So um, it was very special, that, that first two months, I would say. You know? Um, and then 
yeah, we started getting used to that and then we moved into new places. But look at us now, we're, we're, we're back at it again, driving. Uh, do you drive? Do you have a car? I do drive. So you, do you yeah. feel that, yes, it was busy before the lockdown, but now that, now that we're back into more of a normal place, it feels 10 times busier than it ever was. I am stuck in traffic any time of the day, you know? <laughs> so I miss the lockdown. Yeah, that's I miss true. the 15 minutes to anywhere, you know? Um, so uh, you've, uh, I should probably not mention this, but to the people watching and listening, you've got a list of stuff that you wanted to chat with me about. <laughs> <laughs> do you wanna, do you wanna do one of those spin the globe things and pick one oh, from your list? So hard. I suppose one of the really nice things about lockdown as well was the, the deeper connection that I've made with my friends in the neighbourhood. Oh. Because it was all, everything during the lockdown was about living local, wasn't it? You yes. weren't meant to be travelling about. Um, and so I really feel like I've deepened my friendships locally and I feel that all the neighbours have come together. You know, we've got a local Facebook group and oh. I edit a local newsletter. Um, and we've actually managed to do things during lockdown as well, which has been really nice in sort of small groups. We've done foraging walks. I organised oh, an oh. ice cream van to come to the oh, neighbourhood right. and oh. everyone came out on the streets right. to get ice cream, oh, fabulous. which was fun. And um, we, we did kind of communal weeding of the streets to stop the council from spraying. So there's been lots ah. of nice kind of neighbourhood level activities. And then we set up a transition streets group which is a group that's the, the aim behind it is really to build more resilient communities and to strengthen neighbourhoods, but also to live a more low carbon lifestyle. Right. And so we've been meeting online every two weeks with our neighbours to look at our, how we can change our behaviour to wow. live a more sustainable lifestyle. And we've and been taking it in turns as neighbours to facilitate and lead those sessions. So we've talked about food and we've talked about energy um, and we've talked about travel, you know, and every every couple of weeks we have a new topic. Um, and it's right. been great and it's so, been such a supportive community. Wonderful. Is that just now, but is it still only here locally? It's Has it not been, uh, was it, were you not tempted to let it spiral into a little bit of a more of a wider audience? like? maybe the neighborhood over there or the neighborhood over there because this sounds like something that uh, is healthy yeah it is healthy yeah. and i think the beauty of it though is that it is local and that uh -huh. you know there's skills sharing there's also just sharing of stuff you know someone needed a wheelbarrow uh -huh. they'll ask <laughs> yeah. for it i ran out of charcoal to have a barbecue right. um, i sent a message and within 15 minutes a neighbor had brought two bags of charcoal <laughs> to my door you know I didn't have icing sugar for the cake that I was uh -huh. baking last weekend, again, <laughs> delivered to my door. And it's just been, it's been really nice because people have been sharing stuff, giving stuff away, lending people things. Um, and Wonderful. it's been really nice, a really positive thing to come out of this. Right. So you've, you've given me a little bit of a, yeah, uh, an insight into your family and a little bit of insight into your community. Now tell me a little bit about you individually. Um, what journey have you been on in the last year, personally? I'm a very busy person, just by nature, um, professionally and in my social life as well. I usually I have a habit of packing things in. Right. <laughs> and the, the lockdown forced me to sort of slow down and to reassess a little bit. And obviously lots of things weren't happening, at least initially, until things started to transfer to online, which gradually... Um, did happen. So it was nice just to take some time to slow down 
and also to work less. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm a humanist celebrant, so I conduct funerals and baby naming ceremonies and weddings. Obviously, I've done quite a lot of funerals, but um, most of the weddings were either cancelled or, or postponed. So I suddenly found for the first time in many years that um, my weekends were free, which was mm -hmm. quite a novelty, you know, not yeah. to be conducting a wedding yeah. on a Saturday afternoon. So I did have a bit more time on my hands and um, I've loved having that time for myself and my family. And I'm a member of free book groups now. <laughs> so I've been reading so many books, you know, which is something that I love to do, but didn't find time for. Um, and thanks to the book groups, I'm also reading stuff that I probably wouldn't have read otherwise right. or that wouldn't have appealed to me. So it's opening my mind to, to new genres. And I've refound my love of dancing as well. Oh. So I go clubbing every Saturday night. You go clubbing? Every Saturday night, four hours solid of dancing. How, where? Um, <laughs> in my kitchen or in my living room or sometimes in my home office if I can't be bothered to move my computer downstairs. You see, we always have the cameras at the wrong time, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so yeah, so I discovered this thing called the Social Distancing Dance Party. And this DJ has been going since the lockdown first started last year. Obviously, his work dried up. <laughs> yeah, as well. The clubs are still not open. Uh -huh. um, and so he moved DJing online. And every Saturday, he does a live set. He chooses a theme. So it's very playful. And every right. week, we get dressed up. You know, we get inspired <laughs> by the theme. It's really creative. And it's, there's a real sense of community as well. Right. And I mean, I probably stopped clubbing more than a decade ago yeah, when I yeah. had my first, for my, my, my one and only wonderful <laughs> son. Um, so it's been a long time since I've been dancing. And I, you know, I forgot how much I love to move and oh, to dance. Oh man, that is uh, fantastic. And there's, there's some advantages to dancing in your own house. The bar is always open <laughs> and it doesn't cost a fortune. There's no queue for the toilets and they're relatively clean. <laughs> <laughs> if you're hungry, there's always snacks in the kitchen. This, eh? The floors aren't sticky. You know, you don't have to worry about my handbag or my jacket getting stolen. Yeah, there's yeah. no taxi home. I can stumble into the shower if I'm really sweaty or straight into bed if I'm exhausted. Man, um, you've just sold it. Now, everyone who's listening now, guess what they're doing tonight, okay? <laughs> and so that has been absolutely fantastic. And oh, I've wow. got to know some wonderful people uh, who I now consider really good friends, and I haven't met any of them in person. I have literally met them through dancing on a Saturday oh, night online. Fantastic, eh? So there you um, go. <laughs> tell me again, what's, uh, who's this guy? What's his name? Ian Joliet. Uh -huh. He's a DJ based down in London, and he runs the Social Distancing Dance Party, oh, and he oh. has literally... So that's well over a hundred Saturdays that he's done now right. uh, with four hours of music that he curates every week around right. a theme. <laughs> well, we will be putting a little link to him. Yeah, please do. Definitely uh, in this, you know. Um, yeah, well, that, that's, that's, ama that's an amazing little story. I'm, uh, I might have to look into this myself. We'll just see how far I get with the baby at home. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, but this is the beauty of it as well. So if I can't take my son to a nightclub because you have to be 18 to get sure. in. But with the social distancing dance party, it's actually a family affair. <laughs> so early doors, there are children, there are babies, there are pets, there are dogs, there are cats, uh, there are people on the other side of the planet for whom it is daytime outside in their garden jumping around on a trampoline while we're dancing in the dark here in Edinburgh. That is fantastic, eh? So wow. It's, yeah, it's quite so a connector. 
wonderful. That, I mean, this is the kind of stuff I love to hear, and, I, and I'm surprised I've not heard of this before. You know, um, so so individually, then you feel like you've you've expanded your your reading. Uh, you said a few new genres that you that you've kind of been introduced to as a result of this, and then you've rediscovered your your tiny dancer, uh -huh. deep, very deep inside. <laughs> <laughs> she came back again and. Uh, it's like you never miss the beat. I'm of an age now where probably I would feel really out of place if I went clubbing. <laughs> Let's be honest. You know, they'd all be so young. So this is such a nice way of people of all ages to get involved. Oh, fantastic. Um, you know, as you're speaking, you're of course reminding me of something that you did during the initial lockdown for us. Now, for those who are watching and listening, uh, when I did these photos, I also work in the wedding industry. Um, the wedding industry had ceased to be at that point, and so I had to do something um, just to keep busy. And so I offered to do these at-home photos, mainly just, there wasn't even a, an, an overarching end point or an aim. It was only to collect this thing that was happening to us, you know? Um, but that happened just before we became parents. We were just about to become parents again to our little man. And of course, trickles of sweat, you know, getting a bit nervous about oh, all the weddings that I had planned for two years is not happening anymore. Um, but what you did will always stick with me is we've never met before. Um, we only met through this experience, but you sent us two little Scottish <laughs> booties, two little boots. <laughs> Um, to, to, to our wee man and it was, it was such a beautiful thing because, because of the fact that this is how we met you know uh, we worked in the same industry yet we've never come across each other um, but only you meet someone for the first time and then you're willing to go ahead and take my address and get my name and send me something it, things like that that it's, it is a beautiful example of humanity for me you know um, and it doesn't always it doesn't always pan out that way in normal life, but you, need, you, you sometimes have to have a pandemic to bring that forth in people. How interesting, hey? That you have to, and that's probably like the old saying says, it's through stress, through stress that, that things become what they are, right? And yeah, so we had a bit of stress there and beautiful things came as a, as a result. And I, and I really feel like it's, it's people like you that I've met and done this with that helped us bring a little man into the world, eh? It's, it's an amazing thing. How's that it's for a community, a community project? <laughs> <laughs> um, your son was here when we took a photo that time. That was a year ago. And how old is he now? 13. He's still, so he was, was 12 at that time. He was still willing to participate in silly things like that. But now he's 13. And no, I'm beyond all that. Is that <laughs> or is he just at school? He's at school. Okay, so he's got an excuse, okay? If he's listening... You're forgiven. <laughs> um, how's work now? Are you, are you able to work? I am able to moment? work, yeah. yes. I mean, I've worked throughout, as well as being a celebrant, I also work for the charity Humanist Society Scotland, ah. um, doing their community engagement. So I have worked throughout part-time, um, which I've been able to do from home, which has been nice to be able to do that. And now, of course, suddenly it's got very busy. I think yeah. I have eight weddings in July, yeah. um, all rescheduled from, from last year. So 
I'm hitting busy season now. It's come late, but it is yes, arriving. But it's come also very suddenly for me as well. I, I assumed that it, once things open up, it'll go gradual. I thought, oh, okay, it's going to take me a good six months to get back on track. It, no, like, she made her announcement and everyone was like, yes, let's get married right let's now. Do it. Let's do it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad, I'm glad you're, uh, you're back in your stride again there. Um, now, let me ask you this. As a result of the year that you've been through, do you, do you feel more at peace with yourself and with your life or do you feel like this has made you more careful and more, you know, like what I'm trying to get at is uh, many people are, are careful, much more careful about everything that they do or much more, they, they consider everything much more deeply first before they take a step than they might have before, whereas others go, no, I'm actually much more comfortable in my skin than I was before. So wh where, do you, where do you stand? Yeah, I, th I mean, I think I was pretty comfortable in my skin in the before times, but I'm definitely more comfortable in my skin now than I was. I, and I think that's because I've been working less okay. and actually enjoying life more, uh -huh, doing uh -huh, fun uh -huh. things, you know, appreciating what I've got. Um, the thing that really res resonated with me early on, there was a little story that was going around about how the fact that, you know, we're all in the same storm, but yes. we're not in the same boat. Yes. And yes. that did resonate with me because by no means am I in a super yacht and I wouldn't even want to be, but I'm also not in a rowing boat without a paddle. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I am very privileged um, and I, I never take that for granted that, you know, that I ha have a little bit of comfort and security and mm -hmm. had a little bit of green space because at the same time I had friends who were in small flats with yeah. no garden, with small children, needing to work from home. Sometimes mum, dad, two children round the kitchen table trying to get stuff done, yeah, you know, yeah. really, really challenging stuff. Uh, and, you know, and a lot of the poverty and deprivation that is around... Uh, Nobody's immune to that, and even although I don't suffer it myself, um, I'm still very aware of it. You know, the fact that the school had to have a food bank collection mm -hmm, is just mm -hmm. appalling to think that there were children that go to school with my son um, who can't afford to eat. I mm -hmm. mean, that's just really, really yeah, yeah. awful. So, that, you know, that's always been at, at the back of my head about how fortunate we are. And I suppose I've always pa practiced that kind of gratitude, and I think that mm -hmm. does make mm -hmm. you a happier person yes, I, I, when I you so learn to appreciate what you have yes and when you're aware of what's going on around you absolutely you know even though you have your setup here you are still aware of this area that that surrounds you you know and that that's very valuable um and i think this pandemic helped people to become more aware of what's around them and who's around them you know um i uh you 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 reminded me of something here while I was taking these photos, I went and visited people at their homes. But I wasn't aware that there were people who deserved to, take, to have maybe a photo taken who wasn't at their homes, who didn't have a home to be at, you know. Um, and these guys actually rem reminded me of that way after the fact that it happened. Um, and so, so, yes, for me personally, it's, it's impo important to be, as you said, aware and mindful of not just your own little bubble but just look around you and see what's happening around you and if you, if you can be of some kind of positive service to that that's around you then then if everyone does that you know how, how good is that eh? um so 
yes, I, I appreciate the fact that you're mindful and aware. You know, thank you so much. And now everyone knows that you are, <laughs> and it's going to be knocking on your door after this interview. You know, <laughs> and I, I'm um, not alone with that. No, no, it's, we, it's no, not. Exactly. It's not unique. Thankfully, yes. Well, and we have to keep reminding ourselves of that, don't yeah, we? Yeah. But it, but it, yeah, but we remind each other of that too. You know, more and more so. So wonderful stuff. Um, let me ask you this: Was there anything that you that you learned to eat or drink during this time that you never have before? Some people, most people, have to go to a different country to try something new. We had to stay in our country which makes the possibility of eating or drinking something new less. Have you had anything new to eat or drink? Well, what it, I'm not sure that I had anything new, but certainly, like everyone else, we had much more time to cook. Yes. You know, I wasn't tra you know, commuting to and from work. I was in the house. So you suddenly you did get lots of this extra time. Yes. And a, a lot of my friends went crazy baking bread, <laughs> which is the one thing that I didn't do. I haven't <laughs> baked any bread at all. I did bake cake and crumbles and so on. But one of the things that we did more of, which I thoroughly enjoyed, was just foraging in the locality. Uh -huh. So, you know, whether it was like wild garlic pesto or we went up and we collected the gorse petals and we made cordial from that, which was lovely. Right. And uh, along with the dancing, I have discovered um, cocktails as well. Oh. So that's a cheeky thing on a Saturday oh, night, oh, is oh. To, to mix random stuff that you find in the cupboard. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you happen upon anything memorable? <laughs> well, a kind of version of a mimosa, right. which, I, which I've quite enjoyed and keep adding other ingredients to it. And I found that marmalade is an excellent addition what? to a cocktail. So <laughs> the jar of marmalade is not just good for toast. So you see now, you're, you're painting a picture that needs to be taken here. And that is you discoing in the kitchen with your marmalade cocktail. Absolutely. That's a shot that I need to, not, I need to capture, you know. Um, do you grow anything in your own garden? Well, this garden's northeast facing, so we ah. tried very hard and then reluctantly gave up. I see, because, I see. Uh, we, it was a lot of effort for not much return. Right, I Micro see. Micro Perpetual spinach was successful, <laughs> um, but most other things I see, I see. weren't particularly happy. But I guess you get to... Uh, you know, do a few marshmallows now and then. Yeah. Oh yeah, marshmallows. Marshmallows and fires and barbecues, <laughs> definitely. Very good. Um, as, a, as a final thought, um, I, I really enjoy listening to your version of things, um, even if I don't ask a question. And so, is there anything you'd like to share with me and to whoever is watching that that's particularly true to you and particularly colorful to you and particularly vivid to you that you feel you just want to let out? Well, I would say that I've always loved nature and that's how I recharge my batteries is by being outside, whether it's just sitting in this garden reading a book or going for a walk because I'm very lucky to live next to Holyrood Park. And I think that this lockdown in this last year has made us all appreciate our green spaces even more than before and myself included you know there are paths in the park that i hadn't trodden before i now know every single path in my locality um, because i have explored explored them all and it's something that i've massively appreciated and i hope that we we learn something from that and that you know the 
crazy building of, of new flats and so on that we we ensure that there are more green spaces and the green spaces that we have that we really go all out to protect them because actually people need those green spaces yeah. uh, they have been absolutely vital for people they've been a meeting place they've been somewhere to get exercise um, they, they literally have been a lifeline I think mm -hmm. and so for me personally that's been really important and I think it has to to everyone that I know and I'd really like to see us doing more to create more green spaces especially in our cities mm -hmm. well what a what a way to to end this chat you know, vitamin n nature. vitamin n nature <laughs> did you take a note of that vitamin n yeah. nature wonderful yes i i'm uh, i'm with you on that one and this guy just stopped right as we stopped That's well it. done Time's okay. up. Do you want a high five? Do you want to do you want an elbow? There you go. <laughs> well done. Thank you. I hope that was what you were after. It was more than that, you know, so thank you so much. I think it's a show. Hosted by Gerlo Grisel. Produced by Ana de la Puente and Courtney Bates in aid of Healthy Mind.